What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 112 of the WorkPrint's Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my partner in gaming, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Um, I have a statement to make uh, All right. about this past weekend. Uh, okay. uh, it's an apology. I would like to apologize to Rob. Uh, Rob, you mm-hmm. taught my wife and I so many board games and tabletop <laughs> games this weekend. And the same thing that happens to me when I teach this to my family, we did to you. And I apologize for just ganging up on you in every game. Oh. And like, it's, it's, it's unintentional. Um, like, I, I truly, I, I, like, I, I thought back on it and I was like, I was like, we were kind of dicks to Rob in some of these games. Um, but, but if, if there is any, like, is there any consolation out of all this? On the drive home, like, we're walking, we're, like, walking to the deck and, like, uh, on the parking deck to get the car on the way uh, home. And then even, like, the next day, my wife goes to me. She's like, I won so many games. I had such a great time. I can't wait to go back. Uh, and she just gushed about you, man. She was just like, he's so nice. He like, he's like, you know, he thanked. He was like thanking me for allowing you guys to do, uh, allowing you to do the podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just like, she's like, I can't wait to go over. <laughs> so, uh, so honestly, thank you for like arranging all of this stuff uh, for Pax Unplugged. It was absolute blast, and I thought, I'm glad we got to hang out. And sorry if we ganged up on you in a lot of games. Yeah, all right. So let me tackle those one at a time. So as far as the ganging up on me, if I'm being 100% honest, I am 100% like I'm used to it. That is how it always is. I have uh, carved out a reputation amongst my wife's family as being like, a, you know, a super competitor, right? Like I always want to win. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. I will say though that as I've fallen in love with board games and as I've been teaching people how to play new board games and stuff like that, I am, I mean, while I still always want to win, I'm less focused, hyper-focused and upset when I don't and more just glad that I get to play these games with people. Yeah. And so even with you guys this weekend, you could see that there was a lot of me trying to teach you guys and also point out some strategies without yes. being without being overly like no, no no you need to play like this or you need to play like this i love uh, that yeah I, so I absolutely love that because like I, even from like the my hero game to um what was it my dice throne to mm-hmm. uh, hair to slay you're like you're like remind me remind me at the end <laughs> to point out like what you could have done better and i yeah. like that because it, it makes me think and then like analyze and i realized you're very good at this stuff like <laughs> you're like uh like i uh, i went back into the tcg scene the friday before and got my ass kicked like handily i went oh and three and i was like i was like damn what am i doing wrong but then like i was playing certain games with you and you're doing some of the interviews as well and you were just picking up on things i was like i was like I need to figure out what Rob knows and do what Rob does. Uh, so yeah, let's also, let's take another yeah. step back, right? Uh, so for those who don't know, Bilal and I, myself went to PAX Unplugged this past weekend, which is a fairly large convention. I think most people have heard of like PAX West, uh, PAX East, and when PAX South was the thing, right? Which is focused, originally started off focused on like smaller indie devs and then kind of grew to not quite 
E3, but started getting some bigger names there. And, and it's like a step below, right? Uh, and actually what it became is, as far as PAX East and PAX West are concerned, it became kind of what E3 is becoming now, right? A community-focused video game convention. And so they also do PAX Unplugged, which is a convention focused on the other side of gaming, the tabletop side. And so I've always wanted to go, saw that it was coming up and that it was going to be in Philadelphia. Asked Bilal if he wants to come, you know, him and his wife came. And then my buddy, uh, Mike, who I believe I mentioned on the podcast, came as well. And it really was kind of the like perfect group to go to this with because I mean you and your wife and Mike were like 100% down to try and sit down and demo anything and play anything which is and to learn right and it's always funny because I could see we would sit down I would start teaching you guys a game and at first like me explaining it and granted a lot of these games are really hard to just like verbally explain I could see like some uh, reservation in your guys' faces. And then by the time we actually played it, by the end of it, you guys were like, oh, no, 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 this was good. Like, I'm glad, yeah. like, you know, we played this and stuff. And so just being open to play all those different games and being hyped. And I mean, Mike is a character, right? I don't oh, know I, I, I loved Mike from the minute I met him. I was no. just like, this dude is awesome. <laughs> he, he definitely brings the energy. As, you know, even from something as as little as like, we were sitting, one of the things we did at night in the Airbnb together. You mean, you mean the drugs, the, the drug <laughs> line that we created, but it wasn't drugs? <laughs> yeah, we basically had like an assembly line of uh, booster pack un- openings, whether it be One Piece, My Hero Academia, or in Mike's case, Pokemon. And, and, and let, me, let me just set the scene. When I arrive in this Airbnb, there are already three, I, I'm not, not going to put a number. I don't want to leave that evidence out there. Uh, there is a pile of booster boxes that are already opened and an even bigger pile, maybe two, three times that, that are unopened. And there's a glint in Rob's eyes. Um, it was fun. Uh, Like, like we spent that first night just like sitting across from each other in the kitchen, just like opening up a booster pack and comparing cards. (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it was, it was a blast. And then seeing it. Even, like I said, and then Mike, at one point, he was chasing after a certain rare card. And, and Pokemon. And Pokemon. Yeah. And he's opening up these booster packs, opening up these booster packs. And then at one point, he goes, okay, I already know that there's a good card because I can see the side, the border a little bit. And in Pokemon, when there's an, a full art card, you can see on the border that it's not the normal yellow border. So he goes, I'm going to hold the cards towards you guys, look away, reveal it, and then I'll go based off of your reaction. He looks away, holds it up, pulls the card, and it's the card that he's been chasing. And it's the card that my brother, who is the biggest Pokemon collector I know, has been chasing for like months. And in only his second booster back, Mike pulls it. We go nuts. He thinks we're trolling him. He looks, he goes nuts. And it was just, uh, it was such a such a great moment. Yeah, it was... It- Oh my god, you couldn't, you you can't stage something like that. Right. Uh, he, it was literally the the Babe Ruth home run pointing <laughs> of booster pack openings. Yeah. Like like you couldn't choose a rarer card. You couldn't you couldn't choose uh, like you chose the right moment to do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So for those who don't know, it's the Altar Lugia V from uh, Silver Tempest, which is the latest set that they released. And so and it's it's a beautiful card. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. 
I know we've been on here while Rob does my hero uh, pack openings, like in the pre-show, uh, and even just some streams. You, like after I, I bought a couple of booster boxes myself, the camera does not capture how nice some no. of these cards really are. Yeah, um, they are they're exquisite, uh, and so it, it, it's just a re real treat just sitting there going through uh, and reliving our youth, uh, but with money. <laughs> Yeah, and so another thing we did while we were at PAX Unplugged, besides walking around the expo hall, and, and, and we played in a couple... Well, I played in a tournament. I think you guys missed the one tournament that you guys were going to play in. Yeah, uh, we, we decided against it because we're... Uh, at, well, we missed one, and then the other right. one we decided against just because we're like, we can play a new game and have fun with mm -hmm. that instead. Mm -hmm. And so... We also did a couple uh, demos with press, with PR, I should say, for some of these companies, um, and got a little bit of press access, which was which was fun and nice. And we've got some videos that we are going to figure out what we're going to do with, right? Um, but hopefully, you guys will see that sooner rather than later. I don't want yeah. to put a timeline on it because I'm not the one that's got to edit or do anything with them. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, they're actually on this camera on that SD card right now. Uh, I, I thought about it last night. I was like, I was like, ah, shit, I'm sitting on those videos. Um, and it's a little bit, one of them's going to be easy. Like, we met with Check Games Edition uh, to talk about two of their new games, which was uh, Deal with the Devil and mm -hmm. Starship Captain. Yes. Uh, both very, Devil in the Details being a very Euro system heavy game and mm -hmm. Starship Captain being mid euro like it, it has its systems but it seems like a definitely easier way one to pick up and so we had a 30 minute interview uh with god i forget her name but she was a very sweet lady eleni uh, eleni yes that's yeah. what it was eleni eleni was fantastic uh she walked us through gave us a high level concept of it um and like devil in the details is something you need four players to play with you can't play with less you can't play with more mm -hmm. uh and so I really wanted to sit down and play that, but it would like require two hours that like, and a group of people that like I just could not have. They were doing demos. Yeah. I wish I wish I had found time on Sunday, uh, but I, I just couldn't. Um, but that might be something uh, I'd try to check out in the future. Uh, and then we also met with um, Solus. Uh, Solus Game Studios, right? Game Studios, uh, yeah. And we got a demo from Crows, who showed off Pocket Paradigm. Yes. Pocket Paragon. Paragon, sorry. Yes. Pocket Paragon. Yes. Uh, which is like the complete opposite of the two games that we had demoed earlier, where I think Starship Captain, I think she said, was only like an hour worth of gameplay, and Deal with the Devil was two hours. But those numbers are always skewed, right? They're two hours after you've been playing the game multiple times and, and understand what's going on. Pocket Paragon is like a f three to five minute game um where you're playing just like into these in these head-to-head -head matches and they also have they, they they talk about it as being very much like a fighting game right and the idea is that you're playing these cards quickly and you're it's a almost rock paper scissors-esque format and you're trying to get the opponent down to uh zero health health and so there are block cards there are attack cards there are ability cards and then you have like an ultimate that you can unlock. Now, one of the things I really like about this game is that in the decks, there is one card that's an assassination card and one card that's a rest card. 
And so you, when you, you play a card, you exhaust it off to the side, you no longer have access to it. The only way to get access to that back, those cards back is by arresting and playing the rest card. Now, if you play a rest card and someone plays the assassination card at the same time, it doesn't matter what your health is at. You've been knocked out. It's basically like their ultimate super. And so it was, it, there's some mind games involved. Yeah. You can see you pick a, a a character and the characters have their own decks and stuff like that. I really like the art that's in this game. They also have a couple different uh, crossovers with other properties. I know ages, which is another board game that I actually saw a uh, quick demo of that was on the show. They have characters from that. And they also had characters from rivals of Aether, which ties into our podcast here, which is a 2d platform fighter. Um, Ori was a character in, in, in that. And so in the video game, not in the board game. And so we got to check that out. And that one was, that one was awesome. I mean, I feel it's one of those things where like, because it's a shorter game, because it's more straightforward, it's much easier to demo there. Right. And I actually got to sit down and kind of play across from them. Um, I think that, I mean, all the credit to Eleni and stuff like that, that we were able to walk out of there and, and have a grasp of the two games she showed us because yeah. like, deal with the devil was super, super dense. Right. I mean, as Euro games tend to be. Yeah. And even even Starship Captains has a ton of like different moving parts. I think mechanically and playing the game, it's it's fairly straightforward. And hopefully that comes through in the, the video and stuff like that. But there's still a lot going on. And so it was very they were two very, very different experiences, but both were awesome nonetheless. And and I told Blah this, like it makes me want to do more of this stuff, right? I, honestly, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, oh God, I like I said, I wish I lived right next to you. <laughs> it, uh, like, it, it would make life so much easier. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like you know, uh, outside of the games that, like, we had appointments for, like, you introduced us to Marvel Dice Throne, and Malia <laughs> and I are just going, like, back and forth on, like, what's, how, re how realistically can we play this? with our friends and family mm -hmm. and i i'm like yeah i know what you mean but it it's so good it, it's so good I, <laughs> and so I, I so i put it on my secret santa like the four mm -hmm. the four character version on my secret santa for work so fingers crossed somebody <laughs> listens to my wish list and gets it for me. <laughs> no that's awesome i also it's one of those things where like i, I told you guys about this there are so many when people hear board games, right, we think of the the staples. I, I think the most experience people have with like um, hobby grade board games would be like Catan, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of like the gateway into the more mechanically dense board games and stuff like that. But there are so many different genres of board games that oftentimes I will play a new one in a new genre and I'll go, oh, is this my favorite genre? And then I'll play one in another genre. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. Is this my favorite genre? And so one of the things I really like about Dice Throne is that, and we can't, oh, listen, I'll spend four hours talking about board games. So yeah. this will be one of the last things we we, we say about it is that uh, one of the things that I like about Dice Throne is that it is, we played it four players, right? Uh, two on two. You can't play it three players, every man for himself. But it's also fantastic. It's just a one-on-one -on -one game. Right. And so if you did get it, even if you weren't playing with family and friends, like it's super easy for you and Malia to sit down and go, okay, I'm gonna play this person, play this person. Yeah. And let's just go um, head to head. And I, I found that I have picked up a number of those types of games because you don't always have, you know, three, four or five other people to play games with. And so, yeah, no, I love board games. It's why I have it. And 
ambitions to actually fill out content on my other YouTube channel and start doing more stuff even here, right? Um, yeah. Doing live streams of us playing either board games over a tabletop simulator or me playing games in person right here in my office. But yeah. All right. Enough about cardboard. Let's talk digital. What video games have you been playing since we last spoke? Um, so I got to check out uh, Warhammer 40k Darktide, uh, oh. which came out to Game Pass. And I you actually I, got to play it? Because everybody I, I yes. know has been having issues just getting it launched. R really? Yeah. I know. I, I've, if, if anything, I think the performance on it uh, is a little... Like, I have a 3080 Ti, and mm. I was a little bit shocked that like, even at 1440 it wasn't running as smoothly as I would have liked. So I dropped it down to 1080p. It still looks good and yeah. it ran fine there. But uh, yeah, that, that, like me and my buddies jumped in. Uh, I played with my friends Ergen and Will. I think Angie jumped in after. But uh, yeah, it's like, think Left 4 Dead, but in the Warhammer universe, like kind of coming off the tail of uh, Vermintide, Vermintide 2. Right, um, but, but less fa fantasy, it, more space. <laughs> is it more melee focused than than gun focused? The way that Vermintide is. So Vermintide is very melee focused, mm -hmm. versus say Left 4 Dead, which is significantly more gun focused. I mean, there are melee builds, obviously, and like Back for Blood, there are absolutely melee builds that are viable. But that is a gun first game, whereas Vermintide is a melee first game. And so where does Darktide fit into this? So I chose the really big character who's kind of just like, he's high on defense, uh, has a high shield. Uh, so for me, uh, I had like a hammer that for mm -hmm. my melee weapon. So I'd go in with a hammer. And then the gun I started with was a shotgun. Uh, okay. It was like one clip, uh, then reload, mm -hmm. but it hit hard as hell. And so I, uh, for me, it was a lot of melee uh, for the first couple of levels. And then uh, once I was able to buy better equipment, I bought like a submachine gun-esque uh, gun. And when I went to fire with it and like the reload, I was like, I was like, you know what? I, I'm kind of preferred the shotgun and I feel like the melee is a bit better here. Uh, so like, I, I think it's still a bit more melee focused and I have more fun. I'm kind of having more fun with the melee weapons. And I think that's yeah, yeah. always been the case in like left for oh, left for uh, blood and or back for blood and <laughs> left for dead. Wow. Uh, really, really, uh, I'm just mashing those word those two franchises together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, no, it's good, and like I really like the mission variety. From we did like three or four missions, and difficulty in, in the beginning, like it, it scales up nicely. Like everyone needs to know what they're doing uh, and play smart. Uh, we had a random with us in the beginning, and like we shared a health <laughs> at the health station because mm -hmm. he had the lowest. We're like, we're like, hey, this is for you, and I, I could just imagine him going like, wow these three randoms saved this health for me? Like, what's, what's happening? Like, no one's this kind in these games. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's, it's been good. Like, I like the... Because uh, I think the thing in Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood is, like, sometimes you just go to an area, it's like, okay, I just gotta fight these horde of enemies. Uh, over here, it's like, we need to infiltrate and do, like, an espionage mission. And, like, as, like, think, like, Destiny 2 where your ghost is, like, that, like decrypting something you're kind of mm -hmm. doing that or like uploading a virus but then like it'll stop and then you have to go and like do this little glyph mini game as enemies are coming in uh so it, it uh it, it's very fast paced like and but ramping up the difficulty like i think we got to the 
third level difficulty uh, for one or one of the final missions we did and we wiped like we we thought we were playing smart we weren't like it could have been a bit better uh we got separated i should have been protecting some of the like weaker classes uh so there's a lot of strategy that goes into it i can't wait to go back in and play some more uh i know i know there's been talks of like about the performance issues uh whatnot and i think that eventually that stuff will be fixed i don't think it's for me it hasn't been a hindrance i've been i'm downloaded off game pass playing it just fine on windows 10 uh yeah i think it has it it's kind of like the pokemon scarlet uh violet thing like there's a good game underneath all the performance issues <laughs> and and you know like at the end of the day that's where it will stand out like as long as the bones are strong it can be fixed yeah, so I'm trying to remember. We haven't done this podcast in a, in a few weeks, so I'm, I'm trying to remember what I've actually played since then. I do have Dark Tide installed. My buddies and I were really looking forward to it, and so I had I, it installed. Didn't get a chance yeah. to play it yet. They tried to play it, and one of them just can't. It won't even launch. So we oh, got to wow. figure out what's going on there. I saw Matt and Garrett on that first night. Correct, trying yeah. to play. They did not play. Wow, we yes. ran into no issues. Right, and so... The uh, other thing that's weird about that game is that that game was supposed to have a simultaneous release with the console version. No, and then it was not. And so that, that, that's a misconception. Apparently, I think a lot of people thought that was the case. Okay, because when they had announced that it was coming to Game Pass, they had announced that both versions were coming. So I don't yeah. know. But the the weird thing is, there's no date in sight. Even if they're not coming at the same time, there's no date in sight for yeah. when the console version is actually coming, and when it's going to get released. Um, I don't even know if they said that it's going to be soon necessarily. And so, I mean, I, like I said, I, I've been excited for this game. Uh, me and the guys have played Vermintide, Vermintide 2 and enjoyed that and found that to be a good time. So here's hoping that they get it all worked out. All right, so you can speak of Pokemon. I have played a few hours of Pokemon. I'm not that far in. Uh, I see some of the pop in and some of the technical issues that mm -hmm. are going on. I'm still having a good time. I uh, I won't say that we need an updated Switch and a Switch 2 for the millionth time on this podcast, but we need a new Switch 2, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, the other thing that, only thing that I've actually been playing is a little bit of Warzone 2, right? So Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came out. Uh, Warzone 2 did not release at the same time. I think it released about a week, week and a half later. That is now out, and I have played some of that. Uh, probably around 15 matches or so so not a significant amount of time in the grand scheme of things but enough to kind of understand the map and what i like and don't like about it i will say it is much better than warzone so far uh i think that and i talked about this with modern warfare 2 i think the audio design in the game is great as far as the guns uh sounding how they sound uh shooting feels really good i think that there are times where and, and many, many online shooters struggle with this, where uh, uh, enemies will pop up behind me and I just didn't hear them coming. Oh, wow. Right? And so I don't know. And, if you, have, just... and you have the proper headphones. Yes. Like, it can't be <laughs> any... And no one can be like, your headphones don't work. Yeah, right. And so I wonder if part of it is just that people are just crouch walking around and being really, like, kind of ratty, right? Is there, and... is there any perk that, like, quiet steps? I know... No, said that. no, 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 there's, there's nothing like that. And I don't even know if they have, oh, what is it called? There was like a, a field upgrade that you could use that 
uh, I don't remember what it's called right now. I'm blanking on it, but I don't believe it's in Warzone 2. I think it was when the game first released or during beta, along with uh, this one type of contract, these King of the Kill contracts, and they're just like no longer there. I haven't seen them since launch. And so, but all in all, I, I have been having a good time. I, I do think that this is, I think it's a difficult game, right? I think that's part of the reason why uh, Battle Royale's work is that it is super, super satisfying when you do win. I will say the one thing about this game more than even than Fortnite or Apex Legends, Legends when it comes to Battle Royales is those games, if you're crossing across an open area, you don't feel helpless necessarily because there are mobility options and there are ways to get across outside of vehicles in this. There's just like, you're, you're, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? If you're trying to cross over a desert area and there are always people up on roofs, like that's, that's who's going to win. You know, you're just dead to rights. And it's kind of frustrating because it kind of makes the game feel like that the circle uh, placement and where it moves and the way it rotates has a much heavier hand in who's going to win the match than in other battle royales, in my opinion. Uh, there are so many times where the final circle just feels like an awful, awful final circle. Uh, and so that can get uh, a little bit frustrating in that game in particular. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I haven't played a lot because I've been sick, which is yeah. why we didn't do the podcast really last week. I mean, there's other reasons as well, but I, a big factor is I've been sick. I got sick on Thanksgiving weekend. I think I caught like a, a cold or the flu from my niece was visiting who, who she got sick. And so the weird thing is, is I found out that your body can kind of uh, freak out if you get a virus and can actually be like allergic to the virus in a sense and start producing way too much histamine and you can break out with uh, hives all over your body. And so that's what I was dealing with. Just like splotches and, and, and patches of hives that would come and go. Uh, the first couple of days were really, really kind of brutal uh, in how much they itched. And even just like the warm sensation of them being on my body. And when I say like they popped up in random places all over my body, I mean all over my body. And so that's not the best playing experience. (laughs) And for the most part, I was just taking medicine, relaxing and, you know, trying to sleep it off as much as I can. I'm still dealing with it a little bit. Bilal uh, got to see some of the hives popping up and coming and going while we were at PAX Unplugged. Santa cookie elf candy snowman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Slap. Yeah. <laughs> probably not the a game in which you're, you know, slapping your hands in a pile. It's probably not the best for somebody who has hives that are popping up whenever their skin is getting uh, touched or irritated. Um, but yeah, so I, I haven't played a a ton. And so I think that's all we've played. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I I spent more time with God of war and then my Mm. old boss was like, Hey, you should really play those side quests. And I was like, really? I just kind of want to mainline this game. And so I could like be done with it. Cause I'm scared of being spoiled tomorrow during the game awards. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I haven't gotten back to it because I got consumed by the One Piece TCG, which came out last <laughs> Friday. Uh, I did. It, it's got me bad, like to the point. Like who? Like I have cards here. Like I have a stack of cards here. I have a stack of cards here. Like I can pull cards from everywhere in this <laughs> office right now. Um, 
it's it's been it's been nice. It's been nice. I I, I kind of get I I get it now. Um, I, I you're a good drug dealer, Rob. You're a good oh drug my god! Dealer. Listen, I I had nothing to do with the One Piece. All right. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's been good. Uh, luckily, was able to get my hands on some booster boxes a lot easier than I initially anticipated because I was very worried about that. Um, yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying it. I I need to get better at it. A day there's actually a online version I found where you can put your decks in. They have all the cards. There's some functionalities, stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. work just right. Like in some rare cases, like uh, I had a Luffy card where uh, he can't be KO'd by a strike type enemy, and that happened. And I was like, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I was like, okay, what, whatever. It's just a one off. Like, but I still got my ass kicked mm-hmm. um, by everyone i played last night and i was like i was like this is not a good deck let me let me go back to the board and retry and see like maybe i need to find something that's more my pace and uh yeah that's that's the case so i'm trying to get more practice in before going back to the tournament scene on friday um where i went zero and three (laughs) (laughs) that's right only way to go is up from here right Uh, yeah listen as long as i don't go zero if i go one and two i'll be happy (laughs) <laughs> I, right. I learned i learned what a swiss format was um yeah. i did not know that was a thing a lot has changed and this hobby is expensive yeah this hobby i mean uh, part of it depends on the the tcg that you're in uh, some yeah. are more expensive than other others it also depends on what it is that you want out of the hobby right if you're yeah. chasing after uh rare cards and stuff like that that's way more expensive than than just trying to get playable decks and and compete if you're trying to do both like maybe you and i are in our games that's when uh it gets really really expensive and so but it's i mean at least for me it's been one of these things like having something to go do and compete in every week gives me the same dopamine and the same uh joy that i used to get from like being on a softball team and 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 even like wrestling in high school right it's not quite the same because there is the whole you know your physical body actually being a part of it and stuff like that yeah and blood sweat and tears instead of here just tears a little bit of sweat uh but also for me it's been great because like my son has been playing with me and he's been coming so it becomes like a father son thing that we do every week and it's been it's been great man i'm like very happy that i got into this hobby yeah and so it's been cool yeah and i like i'm really happy that my wife's been supportive of it yeah She's same here like, yeah it, it, it goes it goes a long way <laughs> mm-hmm. um she, I, I don't know how if she knows how many booster boxes i bought um i hope she doesn't walk in like a, Shh. yeah Shh. Listen, that's between you me and the audience yes. right <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, that's pretty much wraps up what we've been playing. Let's go ahead and get into the news. Oof, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with a doozy. So the Game Awards are coming up tomorrow, in fact, and Valve is giving away Steam decks during the Game Awards. One each minute for three hours. The only catch is, besides registering for the promotion, is that you also have to be watching the Game Awards on Steam.tv, uh, the streaming channel that Valve launched in 2018. What? Um, <laughs> I had no idea that this was a thing. It wasn't until this announcement. I guarantee you that like the people that they're going to hit their highest concurrent viewers 
ever. It's going to crash. This way. And everyone's going to go back. Everyone's going to have Steam.tv open on like a laptop or an iPad. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have Twitch open on like their main uh, window. And so, uh, yeah, you be, you have to be watching. Winners will be announced in the chat, and you have to be uh, present and, and aware while it's going on. <gasps> this is so cute. All registrants will receive an exclusive animated Steam Pal digital sticker. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is a super cool. It's a super smart way to get the info that you have this channel that you've had out for four years that at least the two of us anecdotally speaking speaking had never heard of which probably means that there's a crap set of people out there who had no idea that this was a thing uh i i think this is awesome i mean i think it's it's it's, uh kind of incredible like i can't believe that they're giving away this many could Um, this be their like first step into like a twitch competitor because i know I know some of those creators are not happy with the state of Twitch right now. Yeah, I don't know if we have it as one of our articles, but one of the actually bigger content creators left the platform and is going over to this new startup that, oh man, I wish I could remember Tony Hawk? Right now. A kick? Was yeah, it? it is kick, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... Which which has like ties to like a gambling, um, like online gambling site, which you I know, I, I, I think I, competition I, is great. Yeah. I, I, I just... I just wish we had, um, it wasn't Beam. What, what did Beam become? Beam became uh, Mixer. Mixer, yeah. yeah. I, Mixer was great. Mixer was great, but the problem is it's hard to dethrone the king, right? When yeah. you have that much, that many people um, already watching, and it's kind of when you think of live streaming, you think of Twitch, right? Uh, there are times where I talk to people who aren't as familiar with the industry as we are that when i say oh yeah sometimes I, I play games online and people watch and stuff like that and they're like oh you twitch and it's like i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah i do actually do it on twitch but uh <laughs> but there are other platforms right like youtube yeah. is is going really hard in this space and i think they're gaining a lot of um ground and then facebook's also trying to do its thing you've got tiktok live doing some game uh, live game streaming and stuff like that so uh maybe maybe this is their play i think it'll be interesting to see considering i have to imagine this will be the most people using it at one time that they've ever had how it actually holds up and what the quality is like that's besides the fact that i would like to win a steam deck that's what i'm more interested in most interested in seeing um yeah you already have one so you couldn't care less right well uh, I mean, I registered. I will be there <laughs> because when my one Steam Deck dies, I'll have the other one constantly on charge and I'll swap <laughs> them out. Because th- this has been like the reason I haven't chosen my starter Pokemon yet is because I start it. I started mm-hmm. up my Switch. Mm-hmm. I like I started the game. Mm-hmm. I got in. I was going through the tutorial, then I had a work meeting come up, and I turned it off. Like I put it to sleep, and it died. And then I, then I was like, oh, let me go play some more Pentiment. Uh, turn on my Steam Deck uh, to mm-hmm. go to Xbox Cloud Gaming. It's dead. It's they're oh, they're always dead, and like I I I need another one that would probably be charged. So if I if I win one, if I if I win what two, a, what if I win two, I'll give you the third one. Privilege problem. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's just me being lazy and not charging my devices yet. No, also, but, not not for nothing. Anecdotally speaking, yeah. once again, is as far as 
I know like my friends who are who have been playing Pokemon more consistently than I have and for longer play periods, they're saying that that game is absolutely like wrecking their battery life. Really? And so, yeah. Okay. And so. All right. Next bit of news. Fortnite Chapter 4 brings a new map and a bunch of goodies to the Game Pass. Uh, the biggest name being... The Battle Pass. Not Game Pass. To the Battle Pass. <laughs> sorry. Yes. Uh, the biggest name being uh, Geralt of Rivia, which I think is kind of crazy considering that that for sure right now in 2022 is probably the biggest deal even though like doom guy is in this battle pass um they showed off in the trailer that deku is going to be coming he's not part of the battle pass which actually makes me really happy because while i do enjoy fortnite i am very much like all right are the weapons good this season because if they're good, I'll play. If they're not, I'm not playing. The fact that he's not part of the battle pass means I'll just be able to buy him straight up, which is which is nice. Yeah, because that that's what Fortnite is. It's like I'm getting ready for the metaverse that mm-hmm. Epic eventually <laughs> makes, and I want to have all my characters. And so I yeah. go in, I go in once once a season. I buy the characters <laughs> that like I have Goku, I have <laughs> I have Vegeta, uh, you know, I have my Naruto characters. So like well, once yeah. it. You know, I, I'll grab Geralt, I'll grab Deku, and so eventually I'll be the coolest guy in the metaverse. The one thing that breaks my heart is I don't have my Spider-Gwen because she was a level 100 ward for last season, yeah. and I could not stand last season. And so I just did not want to play. Even for that skin, it just wasn't uh, worth it for me. So and maybe so, if you didn't buy a booster box, you could have just bought your way all the levels yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure what would have been the better investment if i'm being honest i i i I agree (laughs) uh so this season is already live and it runs until march 10th uh there's a whole bunch of new weapons i'm excited to give this a try and see um how they feel and if I'll, i'll i'll be playing this and putting it back into the rotation uh, we should play some together, man. Yeah, I, I heard. Think... So, like, part of this update as well for oh, Chapter 4, it's just, yes. like, the graphical yes. beautification of Fortnite. Like, people are saying it's, like, one of the best-looking games out there now. It's yeah. running on Unreal Engine 5.1. 5. 5. 1, 1, 1, yep. And it has, like, all these um, epic features <laughs> that, like, you, you hear names of. You're like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's Kotaku... something with lumens and, and, and nanites, nanites and, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Kotaku had an article that said, like, the trees in Fortnite are now, like, 300,000 polygons <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I think I might I think I think might actually do the update after the podcast and see if I can play a match or two of that tonight just to see what it looks like and actually give it a shot. I will say that as far as console is concerned, the one bummer is that uh, in order to utilize those features, you have to turn 120 frames per second mode off and so i'll be playing it at 60 frames per second but Um, if it looks good enough it'll be worth it so uh, talking to me about first world problems (laughs) (laughs) all right next bit of news uh star wars jedi survivor gets a march 2023 release date i am so pumped so pumped for this one uh this is according to a steam listing that listed the 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 arrival date of march 16th 2023 ea and respawn haven't formally communicated the game's release date elsewhere uh and the steam listing has since been updated to remove those details Uh, i have to assume that there's a good chance that we see something out of this tomorrow yeah doesn't this feel like this date was supposed to be released then yeah there's a lot a lot of stuff that just like it feels like it leaked 
like right even before, yeah. even the last story I've added to, uh, that we'll talk about in three story, stories from now is another like leaked release date by accident. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I mean I'm super excited. Obviously I love respawn and everything mm-hmm. they've done so far. I love that first Star Wars uh, Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. And so I am I'm I'm super excited for this game. And March 2023 sounds like just far enough away (laughs) but not too far that like i can hold out wait get through some of this backlog and then be fully ready to just like put all my time into it yeah i like talking about backlog i've come to realize that i need to stop buying video games and just like (laughs) work on like 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 i know we have game of the year coming up and i'm just like like i need to seriously sit down with you and just be like let's go through this list and let's figure let's, out let's yeah. figure out what what those 10 to 15 games are because there's no <laughs> way no way like I'm, I'm i can do more than that yeah i think we might also have a conversation about taking a different approach to game of the year this game of the year this year yeah and maybe instead of it being uh necessarily us debating a, a, a overall top 10 list we just talk about like our individual top fives you, you mean <laughs> you mean so, you mean two to nine list? We all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And so, uh, no, I realized that recently. Besides buying games, I've talked about it on the podcast before. As I game fly games, and that's how I get to play a lot of the newer releases and still be able to afford all the booster packs I buy. But I have Gotham Knights. I've played like maybe eight hours of it so far. And. I think I'm coming to the realization that like I I don't need to finish it. I think yeah. I I know what that game is. I, I I'm not itching to go back and continue playing it. And so I think I will just play something else, right? And put in time into stuff that I am actually thinking about in the back yeah. of my mind, like God of War Ragnarok. And uh, you know I want to give Dark Tide a shot. Put in more time into Pokemon. There's also I have Evil West that that released recently that by all accounts is like a a fun throwback to 360 game and so i want to give that a try and so uh also i want to play close to protocol thank you this man knows Uh, we we, we spent we spent nights together yeah (laughs) and so yeah there's just there's too many games out there for me to spend time on games that i'm just not itching to play you know yeah and like um, q1 next year oh my god i know it's a nightmare it, I, it, I, I know like i want to play everything and there's i, I don't have time for 2022 like <laughs> yeah that, that, that that's where we're at with yep. 2023 all right next up elden rings mysterious locked coliseums coliseums open up for battle and free update i think we talked about this in the past how data miners had gone in and found that yeah these are like combat arenas right these doors that you can't get into they're combat arenas in all likelihood these are going to be uh where the pvp mode takes place and so and they did that massive update uh i think a month or two ago where it was mm -hmm. uh they split the weapon stats into for pve and pvp and pvp yep yeah and so the Apple name Coliseum update for Elden Ring launches December 7th on all platforms. And uh, Ben, hey, ben 
Oh, is it? Oh, it yeah. is. Oh, nice. Bandai Namco noted a video promoting the Coliseum update that arenas in Limgrave, Lindell, and uh, Kaled will open their gates, allowing players to engage in battles such as duels, free-for-alls, and team fights. I normally would have no interest in something like this, but the fact that it allows uh, free-for-alls, and I have to imagine that we'll be able to play with our friends in these free-for-alls, mm-hmm. and also like team fights, this makes me very very interested in in doing this and and trying this and so uh yeah i'm excited to give this a shot the the troll aspect of elden ring and just souls games in general uh really makes me just like scared <laughs> to <laughs> go in there i think i think it was like dark souls one or maybe the original demon souls where it was like there was a weapon that like broke people's armor or stuff like that <laughs> um and I, I just can't imagine what some folks have like dug up uh, for pvp <laughs> All right. So our next bit of news is actually kind of it's all right. It's not weird news. It's weird how I found out about it. I think how most of the world found out about it is at some point last night, I believe Phil Spencer had just tweeted out yeah, yesterday at 11, 12 p.m. Phil Spencer tweeted out that Microsoft has entered in a 10 year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo following the merger of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard King. Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people, however they choose to play. And then a similar statement that says that they are also doing the same thing with Steam. This is all very much like a ploy at showing that during the on going antitrust investigation and lawsuits and stuff like that is uh is that they're trying to show like hey look this isn't going to be bad we're not going to disadvantage our competitors like we're going to keep bringing the game to them you know and we've been talking about this for the past two months that it wouldn't make sense for us to keep something like call of duty to ourselves because of how big it is and we're going to honor all the existing commitments that are already out there with sony which i think is already at like six or eight years something like that and so this is basically saying like hey look we're pitting our feet to the fire we're you know uh pitting our words to the paper we are signing off and saying this is our commitment 10 years for both nintendo and for steam like come on sony you know stop stop playing games right and so i don't know if how much Call of Duty. Gonna, uh, <laughs> uh, Call of Duty fits on a Nintendo Switch. It I has mean, to be cloud yeah, gaming. Probably. It's yeah. also one of those things where like I, I don't know how much is actually gonna move the needle. I think I think more than anything, this helps with public perception and and actually the perception of like regulators when they see stuff like this. And then that's who they're trying to influence more than anything. It is kind of weird because up until this point phil spencer has like has made mention of like uh you know yeah we're, we're gonna stick to our commitments and stuff like that but this is the f- most aggressive of him like you know playing a part in this in this ongoing investigation and stuff and so it came off just like a little bit weird last night so i think um, I, I think a part of this is that it might get to a point where uh, Microsoft, like the regulars might have Microsoft, like in order for the deal to go through, be yeah. like, you know, put it in writing, like, hey, it just needs to come to at yep. X, Y, and Z uh, at uh, for X amount of years or like for an indefinite future. Like, Call of Duty has to be on all, on like a Sony platform 
uh, for X amount of years. And so I think instead of letting it get to that point and doing it, like they're just like, yeah, we'll do it. Go ahead. Why not? And like Microsoft has been an amazing partner for Steam already. And like, yeah. I think if you looked at the Steam's top games last year, and even this year, they're like last year they were the publisher uh, publisher of the year on Steam. Mm-hmm. Like uh, older games are doing gangbusters. People uh, people love love them. The communities are huge. Um, if anything, like it's reinvigorated a lot of uh, some of those older games that finally made their way to Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a Steam. Uh, so, I mean, props to them. And you know, I think even Gabe Newell uh, put out a statement. Uh, as well after this he's like and this is what he said we're happy that microsoft wants to continue using steam to reach customers with call of duty when their activation acquisition closes microsoft has been on steam for a long time and we take it as a signal that they are happy with gamers receptions to that and the work we are doing our job is to keep building valuable features for not only microsoft but all steam customers and partners microsoft offered and even sent us a draft agreement for a long-term call of duty commitment but it wasn't necessary for us because a we're not believers in requiring any partner to have any agreement that locks them to shipping games on steam in the distant future Mm -hmm. b phil and the games team at microsoft have always followed through on what they told us they would do so we trust their intentions and (laughs) c we think microsoft has all the motivation they need to be on the platforms and devices where call of duty customers want to be God, did Phil write that statement for Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Does very much feel feel that way, right? Yeah. And look, I, I get it. The reality is, is you look through these lawsuits, and we talked about it in the past. Yeah. You look through this lawsuit and this investigation, and you see Sony saying like, "Oh, it would be." you know, uh, devastating and it would tip the balances too far. The, the reality is, is the, Sony is not scared of Call of Duty not being on Sony platforms, mm-hmm. right? They understand the the business and the fact that, the fact of the matter is, is that Minecraft still remains on Sony platforms, right? Yeah. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons, I believe, I believe still showed up on, on Sony platforms, right? Like they've continued to support and release games on their platform when they picked it up. The real kicker is that what is public perception, right? Yeah. Right now, public perception is that Call of Duty is tied to PlayStation because that's where the marketing deal is, yeah. right? Now, let's say you have a marketing deal and that marketing deal is still for the next six years and you have all this stuff that says on commercial is like, you know, available first on PlayStation, get access to the beta first on PlayStation. All that stuff is still there. But on the flip side, also included in Game Pass, right? Now that starts changing public perception. And that's really what I think is the the crux of the issue for Sony, is that you just don't want the public perception for Call of Duty to be tied with Microsoft. Because that was one of the big things with the Xbox 360 era, is Call of Duty was tied with Xbox 360, right? That's where the marketing deal was. And that's where the bigger player base was. Then, of course, the hubris of Microsoft, we know what happened with the Xbox One, and they kind of let that marketing agreement go. And Sony picked it up, and look what happened there. And so while I don't think that Call of Duty is necessarily, I think the industry is different now that uh, Call of Duty, just like Madden, aren't quite the juggernauts that they once were, Um, even though they're still massive, they're not the only game in town. Right. Yeah. And so but it, it does still they are still influential. And so I think that is really the concern from Sony and and what the problem is. And so there's nothing that's going to change that for them 
in my opinion. And I don't think that having this in writing is again for them, right? This is all for the regulators. That statement from Gabe is for the regulators, you know, and to help get this deal done over the objections of Sony. And so, um, all right. Speaking I, of Sony. Uh, wait, wait, okay. uh, uh, um, just, I want to sneak one story in here really quick. Sure. Um, today the, the Diablo four previews dropped and, oh, okay. uh, so there, I think, uh, what Polygon, IGN, comicbook.com and MVE and GameSpot all have like previews and it seems very positive on like them going back to the action role playing, uh, game roots, uh, and just being an, not just like a win for Diablo fans, but uh, a bunch of new players as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like that new, that news broke earlier today and then at 1 p.m. Dale's tweeted out uh, an announcement for tomorrow at noon Eastern uh, for Diablo 4. So I'm imagining something around maybe pre-orders, launch date, um, ahead of the Game Awards, and we'll probably see more at the Game Awards tomorrow night. See, this is why I need this Activision Blizzard deal to to with Microsoft to freaking seal. Yeah. And so I, I can get this on Game Pass. All right. Now, next bit of news? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> so Street Fighter VI release date and pre-order editions were accidentally leaked by Sony. Apparently on the PlayStation Store, this popped up. You've got the image right there. And it shows that there's going to be a standard edition, deluxe edition, and ultimate edition. And they are releasing on June 2nd, 2023. Again, this looks like something that we're going to hear about tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> at the Game um, Awards. I'm very curious what year one character pass and year one ultimate pass differences are if i had to guess character pass is going to be obviously the characters as they release and then ultimate pass will be characters and skins associated with those characters mm. um remember when you just got skins right as unlocks yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta be careful we're, we're bordering on sounding back in my time uh ish <laughs> Back in my day, you bought a booster pack and you were happy with it. None of these booster boxes. Yeah. And so, yeah, so standard edition, deluxe edition, ultimate edition, the differences between the three seem to be the year one character pass versus the year one ultimate pass. Deluxe edition comes with year standard edition does not come with the pass deluxe edition comes with year one character pass and ultimate comes with year one ultimate pass. And uh, I'm super excited for this game. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm ready for uh, a new good Street Fighter. Like, I, I'm ready. Honestly, I'm ready for a new good Mortal Kombat or Justice, like something from Netherrealm. <laughs> I'm ready for a new good Street Fighter. I'm ready for a 2D fighter that's not an anime fighter <laughs> right now. Uh, Ed Boon said he's not watching the Game Awards tomorrow, so I imagine we're getting some sort of Mortal Kombat or Injustice announcement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, Imagine June was like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Oh, and that'd just be, like I, I just want a head to head. Yeah, so that'd bad. be that'd be awesome. Um, that'd be great for Evo, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, next bit of news. Probably our favorite, our favorite, our favorite segment, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
All right, this is uh, what's coming to G- Xbox Game Pass. So this is from December 1st. So uh, already available Eastward, The Walking Dead, the final season, totally reliable delivery service. Now available also Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga on cloud console and PC. Hello Neighbor 2 coming to cloud, that is available on cloud console and PC. Chained Echoes, which I think releases tomorrow, but I saw tomorrow. up on the app already. And so I, I don't know what the case is there. Maybe it came preload early. probably. Yeah, is available uh, December eighth. Metal Hellsinger is coming to Xbox One on December eighth. It's already available on cloud PC, Xbox Series X with Game Pass. I actually played a little bit of that and quite enjoyed my time with it. Um, don't know if I'll finish it, although it doesn't seem like that long a game. So maybe maybe I'll go back to it. Is it there's a campaign? I kind of just thought it was like a score attack. Yeah, no, there's a campaign. Yep, okay. Yep. Um, there's a story and everything. Uh, High on Life coming to cloud console and PC December 13. Now, this is the game from the mind of Justin Roiland, uh, you know, the co-creator of Rick and Morty. He does all the voices. He's, he's His studio is actually d- developing it. And uh, I'm this looks so dumb, and I am so excited for it. Same uh, here. I'm, I hope it reviews well. Yeah, me too. Uh, Potion Craft is coming December 13th. Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan is coming to cloud console and PC on December 15th. And then uh, available now, Battlefield 2042 on EA Play. So if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you also have EA Play. That is available now. Um, I what, what stands out for you in, so, in these releases? What are you most excited about? I know you and I have different ones, which is why I, I ask. Yeah, so Eastward is something I always wanted to play. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think it came out on the Switch initially. It was in those Nintendo Directs. Was, so I definitely want to check that one out. Chained Echoes, I'm going to be playing tomorrow. Um, definitely. Uh, like, Ali will actually mention this game to me a year ago i think yeah. he's like he's like check this game out and i was like i'm like that looks neat i'll check it out when it gets closer to launch and then he mentioned it again uh yesterday and i was like hey turns out this is actually coming to game pass <laughs> and so uh I'm, I'm very excited uh to play it on there game pass yeah. for, your money is worth yeah. um yeah high on life is like up there and i never and i never played the walking dead final season so yeah. time time to finally get around to that so hello neighbor 2 is not the multiplayer one it is the single player one it's it a is, single player one. Okay. it's the one that is very much like uh in the vein of like five nights at freddy's right uh in that game you're just controlling the cameras for the most part in this one you're actually like moving around the house and sneaking around it's a stealth game first and foremost okay and so uh it's like a stealth puzzle game i think is the best way to 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 pit it yeah and And i and i think i talked about this earlier uh this year uh the star wars skywalker saga uh is a ton of fun if you're into lego games and so definitely recommend checking that out it's pretty funny too all right and then uh, there's some games leaving. I uh, I'm gonna have to pick up One Piece Pirate Warriors for. Um, you know, I downloaded it and just never got around to playing it. Same exact. Why am I gonna buy it? If that's the same boat I'm in. See, this yeah. is the problem. This is the problem. Yep. Um. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. You don't have enough time. 
between now and then to beat it unless you dedicate your entire life to it. But um, you can get it for 20% off, and I highly yeah. recommend it. It's such a good game. Um, and then Firewatch is a classic. And you played Fire Alien Star Team Elite, right? Yeah, I think it's a perfectly fine one of those games. I don't know if I would uh, recommend necessarily purchasing it. It was great while playing on playing it as part of Game Pass. Oh, All right. editor's note, Hot Wheels Unleashed Game of the Year edition is no longer coming on December 15th, as previously announced. We'll update with a new date when we have more information. I did not know that was coming. Um, and that was something I really wanted to play this year. Uh, it's weird how m- much positive buzz that game actually got when it released and how surprising yeah. it, it was. And so, Who doesn't I mean, want to drive cars on the Hot Wheels track? You know, with, with Game Pass, I'm always down to give a game a shot. Yeah, but what if that game was seventy dollars retail, Rob? Would it make you more inclined? Mm, this is kind pass? of a, this is this is kind of a bummer, right? This is one of those things yeah. that I think we talked about that like I could see it coming, and mm-hmm. I think I actually advocated for doing this instead of raising the price of hardware. Is that Microsoft is raising Xbox first party game prices to seventy dollars? Now, uh, Sony has been doing this since the launch of PlayStation Five, and now. Uh, Microsoft spokesperson said in a statement sent to Polygon, whose article we're reading right now, we've held on price increases until after the holidays so families can enjoy the gift of gaming. Starting in 2023, our new built-for-next-gen full-price games, including Forza Motorsport, Redfall, and Starfield, will launch at $69.99 US dollars on all platforms. This price reflects the content, scale, and technical complexity of these titles. As with all games developed by our teams at Xbox, they will also be available with Game Pass the same day they launch. Uh, head of Xbox Phil Spencer had signaled the impending price increase in October, saying that we've held price on our console, we've held price on games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. And that's back when we talked about, you know, whether or not they would raise the prices on hardware or just on games. I get it. Uh, it's a, still a bummer. I'm not going to sit here and lie yeah. or, or defend this move. Prices have been the same price for 25 years now, uh, 20 years, whatever it may be. And they haven't risen with inflation the same way that other products have. Now, what makes it easier for them to do it is Sony's been doing this since the launch of PlayStation 5. And you're seeing more and more third-party games come and launch at that price point, (laughs) right? So it becomes one of those things where I think there is a little bit of running the risk of saying like oh they're selling their games for ten dollars more so their games must be more valuable i think that's the way they want to try that that they and partly want to spin it right is that like oh that's how that's how sony spins it right oh our our titles are like um prestige titles right and so that's why we price them the way they do uh horizon forbidden west is shawshank redemption (laughs) yeah yeah and so god of war ragnarok is our schindler's list what (laughs) and so i understand that like shilly aspect of it and and saying it that way but i think the reality is microsoft is actually in a pretty good position to be able to do this because one they're doing it after other competitors have done it right after their main competitor playstation has already been doing this right so it takes some of this thing out of it still it's not in my opinion it's not great okay what it also does is that not only are they raising the price of their first party titles but they are now also raising the value of game pass 
right? Now Game Pass is even that much more valuable because these first party games that you get day and day that are now $10 more are still included with Game Pass at your subscription price. Now, is Game Pass going to go up at some point? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no chance that. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if, right before Starfield. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if by the start of 2024, if we even make it all the way over to that point, uh, that Game Pass itself gets raised another five dollars a month or whatever. And honestly, it'd still be worth it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think so. Right? Even Everybody at has to even make at that decision themselves, but I absolutely yeah, think so. Even even at full price, like I I know everyone's been hacking their way around at full price for yeah. years but like even at full price it is it is something I, I i agree 110 percent yeah um all right sticking with microsoft halo infinite's last update of 2022 is quietly one of its biggest and so let me see if i can go over to exactly what is included in this um adds a new map an array of free cosmetic options and a file browser uh the for custom games yes the most notable yeah especially when you have like something like the like forge now live in halo infinite it kind of makes uh a file browser like absolutely necessary and so uh the most notable inclusion today is the addition of the pit to the multiplayer map a staple this series since 2007's halo 3 developer 343 industries unveiled its inclusion in halo infinite back in september 2022 um it's been it's got a new name it's called empyrean and it's got a violet hued respray um i man i saw this update come out somebody made a graphic that showed like the past like three updates or so that have come Mm -hmm. and now i really just kind of want to play some halo infinite and and check out this content and also get into some co-op campaign yeah like, they, they've like it seems like they're hitting a stride like they got mm-hmm. two big updates out right yep. after one another uh and like they also unlocked armor cores like everyone now has them uh previously you needed a premium battle pass now uh or like play limited time event now they're available free for all players which is the right move yep. uh to make and then just sell the cosmetics uh in regards to that they also um, done some like network improvements as well. Uh, melee attacks now deal damage to sliding Spartans more consistently. Uh, when moving, melee lunges will more consistently connect with other players. This was a big issue. I used to hate when I'd like melee someone and, and nothing. Like, yeah, nothing. Yeah. I think I, I really do hope that they are hitting a stride, right? Because yeah. while all these updates are exciting and they do make me, I even said it, they make me want to come back and, and play some campaign co-op. I do still think that they need something more, right? On the multiplayer side to make this their live service game. What if make we this go, their ongoing game? What if we go into Game Awards and they're like our battle royale is live? That now. would be wild. I would I would scream. That, I would I would yes, I would go nuts. I honestly would go nuts. That would be wild. I just I, I, I just want it. We all know yeah, it's there. Just, yeah. just give it to us already. Even if it's a that beta. That would be awesome. Now the game awards is gonna be a huge disappointment because I don't think there's any chance we get that. <laughs> yeah. But uh I would absolutely love. I think that's what they need, honestly. I think that battle royales right now are are too big. It's they're they're also too easy to make 
big deals out of right yeah. like new season brings new renewed interest brings new people into it and so i think it's just it's too smart to not do it especially in that world in that environment on that map right like that open world is is built for something like this and so um I really hope we get something like that and get more consistent uh, multiplayer content and some sort of, I don't even need a roadmap. I just need them to release something seasonally consistent because then if you're doing it consistently and you're not pushing the dates backs on these seasons and the seasons are a little bit shorter than what they've been so far, then you don't need a roadmap because you've proven yourself, right? A Fortnite doesn't have a roadmap. Apex doesn't have a roadmap. Like, we know that we're going to get a new season. There's going to be changes. There's going to be a new character. There's going to be new weapons. And we know because they've proven it. And that's what 343's Industries has to do. And this could absolutely, Halo Infinite absolutely could be the next Rainbow Six Siege. Where yeah. like came out, had a rough launch. The foundation was there for something great. And they stuck with it and they pulled it out. Like even if it's not a Battle Royale or anything like a roadmap. Yep. But maybe content like for a campaign. Like that story leaves off on a giant cliffhanger yep. so where are we going next and i don't want to wait five years to find out agreed all right switching over to playstation again playstation plus december games are mass effect and a new multiplayer brawler this month's playstation plus games are mass effect legendary edition uh 2021's bio mutant which you played below and actually yeah. thought that, that that game had a lot of potential for a sequel yeah good good bones i know they've gone back and improved on mm-hmm. and patched that game to all hell uh mm-hmm. i haven't gone back and touched it again but play it i mm-hmm. like i think there's always that one b game everyone needs to play that didn't get maybe like 25 percent of it right but underneath it all it was still fun to play uh, I think Biomutant is that, uh, and I would love to play more of it. And, uh, and then the other game that is coming is Divine Knockout, which is the game I'm most excited about. And so Divine Knockout is, think of, it's a uh, platform fighter, so think of Smash Brothers, except it's a 3D one. So think of a cross between Smash Brothers and, like, Power Stone, right? Oh so, my god, this is cute! Okay, so uh, divine in Divine Knockout, you are playing as different gods in a 3D platform fighter from different pantheons. So you play as Hercules, you'll play as Ymir, you'll play as Thor, Suzanu, um, Athena. Bilal, where have you heard some of these character names before? Oh, you're a gambling addiction addiction called Smite. Okay, it's not a gambling addiction. It, it is, is gambling. Fact, you're gambling uh, your time away from uh, that's, a that's win. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so this is made by High res This is all the characters from Smite. That is part of the reason why I'm super, super excited. Um, I thought that this was going to be a free-to-play game, similar to the way Smite is. And it's I don't not. know if that's I don't know if that's its intention at some point but right now the only way to play on console is if you purchase one of the founder packs which is why this being released on playstation plus is kind of a big deal and so uh i'm super excited i already it is out it came out uh yesterday i redeemed it on playstation i haven't installed it and played it yet but i'm hoping to get some matches in between now and uh our next 
podcast. And actually, Malal, if you find some time, you should also redeem this on PlayStation Plus so that we can play together on yeah. uh, PlayStation. This this like seems right up my alley. This is like something else that I can't put my finger on. Um, but I really like this. Yeah, it looks really, really neat. I think the art style is awesome. I, I already have an affinity and a love for uh, these gods and these pantheons and stuff like that from playing Smite so much. And it's cool to see these characters that I've been playing with for... Whew, man, have I been playing Smite for nine years, eight years now? And in a different setting, in a different genre. And so I, I think it's super, super cool. I'm excited. Um, and of course, they'll continue to release new characters. Um, I do want to look into it more and find out exactly what their monetization model is. Like, are, they, are you going to be able to earn a currency to unlock the characters for free? Are you always going to have to pay for new characters? I think one of the best things that Smite did was that Smite allowed you to buy their God Pass, which was a one-time fee, and you got all current and all future um, gods. How and much so, was that? I think it was $30 at the time. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Let's see. What's their ultimate edition? Full game, all maps and modes, uh, eight gods, four god tokens to unlock any god of your choice, epic biohazard, Saul skin, and epic dark heart Athena skin, thousand runes, uh, ultimate title. So the, um, four, the four god tokens show that you're definitely going to be able to pay for gods as a release. But, so kind of like um, multiverses? Yeah, but multiverses also lets you earn them. So that's what I'm curious yeah. about is if you're going to be able to earn them yourself or if it's always going to be paid. All right. Our last bit of news. Mario Kart 8's free update lets you pick your power-ups or ban them from the race. So custom items <laughs> feature threatens all kinds of green mayhem on Rainbow Road. I think this is awesome. I think being yeah. able to... Turn off the damn blue shell. Yeah, turn, well, all, all kinds of items, right? And how about we do just blue shells only? Right, like oh. I would be down. I would be down to play a race of blue shells only, and that would be absolute chaos. Um, and it's funny that I apparently don't have an original thought because that is right there in the middle of oh, this yeah, article <laughs> we have up. Uh, so whatever, great minds think alike. Uh, oh, yeah, I think this is. I think this is. Someone has done this. Done it. I think it's. I think it's super. I think this is super cool, man. I think that I, it's super, super impressive that like this massive game that has sold so many copies right just a, a an insane number of copies that they continue to release free update for you know yeah. i mean so, it's one thing to to release like dlc and, and paid content yeah. and stuff like that i understand that especially for a game this big but to continue to release cool free updates like that that's awesome yeah the plus uh i think the third booster pass uh courses unlocked today or yesterday uh for mario kart 8 so I actually got to go in and uh, play those. It's been, I haven't touched any of those DLC courses yet, but there's a good chunk of them. What, like eight courses per pass? So 24? Imagine if Nintendo had a proper online system and a proper party chat. They would be absolutely unstoppable. I'm being dead serious. I really truly believe that if they had a functioning party system the way that Microsoft does or even the jank one that PlayStation has I hate the PlayStation one but even that is significantly better than what Microsoft than what Nintendo does could you imagine could you they they would be unstoppable I honestly believe that and I think their games would be the biggest games on the planet um man you you just 
you almost want to make me go on a rant about the PS5 UI. Um, and, and how I, it's... I, it's god awful. I Utter trash. I, I grow into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at times it's okay, but the number of times where I'm just like, how do I get this damn bar to pop up? <laughs> what yeah. do I, is it long press? Is it short press? Uh, what, yeah. what am I doing wrong here? Um, yeah, it's... It, I mean, it, I, ma- I, it makes me happy with how Microsoft improved on their UI. Maybe, maybe it's Stockholm syndrome, and I've just been <laughs> hostage to the Xbox UI for so long. But yeah. I, I, it makes sense to me. At the end of the day, it feels like a video game console. The Switch feels like a video game console. Yes, I yeah. don't know what the PlayStation One feels like. You know what? It's funny. Is I actually think that the PlayStation looks like it's trying to emulate what the Switch is doing, but the problem is, is the only time Nintendo's lack of features benefits it is in that UI, right? There's a lot less that you can do in that UI than there is in on the PlayStation 5. And so that's where the difference is, is PlayStation 5 tried to go for a clean look like Nintendo's, but sacrifice functionality and um, it, it, for that. Right. And yeah. so Nintendo gets away with it because, hey, you don't have to find a party system. Right. Like you barely even have to find a friends list, honestly, on that thing. And so you don't need a friends list. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I man. I would, I, I see this, I'm like, oh, this is awesome, this free update, and it's got all this DLC now, and I'm like, oh, the reality is, is I won't play it, because it is just too, there's just too many hoops I have to jump through to be able to play a match with my friends, right? If we want to have a multiplayer experience where we can talk to each other that's actually enjoyable, then I then have to set it up so that I'm running Discord on a PC or on my phone, and I've got earbuds on while putting my headphones on over top and it's just like it it's just not worth it at the end of the day and i think that's super super unfortunate i'm gonna i'm gonna start a secret tracker next year in 2023 (laughs) i mean about this (laughs) yeah i know we have this conversation uh until nintendo gives us what we want (laughs) the reality is is they're never gonna give us what we want that's the reality um uh, just a quick, uh, quick random thing I saw. There's uh, a rumor that uh, Crystal Dynamic is planning to sunset Marvel's Avengers next year. Um, I mean, good on them for supporting it for so long, but yeah. please go work on something else. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not surprising at all. Yeah. I mean they are working on something else, right? They're currently helping oh, yeah. Microsoft with Perfect Dark. Yeah, and I so it. I. Microsoft better show up tomorrow is all I'm saying. Like, I need to see, like, I'm not talking Starfield, Starfield, uh, Redfall, or, I'll take Forza. I'll take take Forza. Forza. I'm excited for Forza. Like, yeah. Yeah. um, Like, they'll they'll show Star, they'll show something of Starfield that will look absolutely amazing. But, like, I want to see Fable. I want to see some, like, a CG something from Mm -hmm. Perfect Dark. Like, it doesn't need to be ready. But, like, give, give us something because I don't know. Like outside of those here, three, I don't here, know what they have planned. Here's what I think you actually see. Yeah, I think you actually see the new Hellblade. Oh yeah, I, I think I, that's I, I, I think I, that's what you actually see. I think that's the game that's probably the farthest along out of, of out of that 
out of the games that aren't Starfield, Forza, and Redfall. And I think that we see something tomorrow on that. I think that's your best bet. What are I, would be totally, I would be totally happy yeah, with that. We yeah. should do, quickly do predictions. What do you th- so what do you think we see from Microsoft? Do you see, do I think see Hellblade? See, yeah, yeah. What is, that one's uh, Senwa's... Saga. Saga, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, think, I think we see that from Microsoft. I, That's what I think we see. All right, so here's what they have, like on this wiki. They have Avowed, Everwild, Contraband, Fable, mm. Perfect Dark, Project Mara from Ninja Theory, Senua mm. Saga, Hellboy 2, State of the K3, and Outer Worlds. And then the Untitled Kojima Productions game, which, uh, what was that called? Oh, we'll see something from Kojima, which I imagine is the Xbox game. Yeah. I, I mean, I uh, the only thing I'm confident and I would wager on is seeing Senua Saga. That's the only thing I feel confident about. I don't, I mean, there's a chance they show something from Avowed, but Avowed, a lot of those games feel like they don't have to show them yet yeah. and that they're bigger E3 time announcements and, and show-offs. And so I think, I think that there's a chance that we get actual date and details on Senua Saga tomorrow. You think we see hardware of any kind? No. No. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if we see half-step consoles uh, at all. I don't, this, think, we're, I don't think they're needed. This, uh, like, as right. of right now, I don't think they're needed. And so, and I don't think they just announced the, they just opened up Design Lab for Elite controllers. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we see a new Elite controller. And so, no, I don't, I don't think we see any hardware out of them the only thing that potentially and by all accounts it's been scrapped right and they're not even looking to do it anymore is if that wasn't the case we might have seen like a streaming stick of some sort from them oh Um, yeah but it seems like they're going the route of and maybe we see them announce more partnerships with tv manufacturers to get the apps on the tvs that way um i would love honestly to see them make an announcement like hey if you have a fire 4k max or a a fire tv cube we now have our app on there as well and you can stream as there as well i know amazon has luna but uh i think that would be something that we could potentially see if we're doing like out of left field right something mm-hmm. like that i think is what what we would see i mean i think sony's got the biggest chance to come out of this um with a lot of buzz because i feel like they've got spider-man 2 uh which mm. is like all you need to do is drop spider-man 2 i mean they have, uh, that. They have wolverine, wolverine. They have, uh, i mean they have a ton they could show honestly yeah. but i think that i think out of everything i think you're probably right with uh your you know mentioning spider-man 2 i think yeah. that's the one thing that we'd actually see something significant maybe um or something worthwhile out of the worthwhile out of the uh, video game awards yeah. but also i mean he, he jeff Keighley said this is going to be smaller than the past ones have been so yeah who, who knows i hope we get breath of the wild too because nintendo mm-hmm. nintendo needs to show a bit more on that like show show me something nintendo yeah no i uh agree 100 percent. all right um i let me see do i need anything to stream the game awards because i know last year i had to um sign up right 
I'm not sure they were really uh, holding anything against me there, but just rather make sure. I like. I, I think I might just jump on, and whoever's around uh, can feel free to join me for watching video game trailers because that's what it's gonna be. I mean, if by some chance uh, I'm able to hop on, I'll hop on. But yeah. like I told you, does not I'll, look I'll, like that'll I'll, be the case. I'll set it up. Can I co-stream? Yes. Sign up here. I will sign up. All right. While you're doing yes. that. <laughs> let's wrap you, up. Yeah, let's wrap up. Why don't you yeah. let people uh, know where they can follow you, follow the site. Yeah. So you guys can follow me over on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mion, as long as that exists. Uh, and I did create a Hive account at Bilal Mion. No underscore on that one. Uh, just in case uh, Elon Musk decides to burn it all to the ground, which it felt like it was going to happen uh, a few weeks back. God, it's been it's been a lot a lot going on with Twitter. Yeah. Um, and you guys go catch us streaming over on Twitch at the Workprint, uh, as well as follow the Workprint uh, and all our news articles that come out over at theworkprint.com and follow us on social medias at, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I already said Twitch, but just look up the Workprint. Uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. yes, we'll have a bunch of, uh, we'll have a few PAX videos going up uh, up there as well. Uh, and then we've got some content over on the site. Uh, Christian just got a good exclusive first look at Area 51, the Helix Project comic. Uh, we had our review of Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery uh, go up, as well as coverage on a few different Marvel comics and the Winchesters. It's it's quiet season in entertainment. Um, though that new avatar looks great. Um, what about you, Rob? Uh, yeah, as always, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. The only exception is on TikTok, where I am at Tito's Tabletop, T-I-T-O-S, Tabletop. Uh, hopefully, I'll be pinning up more board game and, and card game related content on there and on at the work print as well. And I think that about wraps it up. Bilal, thank you for an awesome weekend. Uh, uh, thank you, man. I, I didn't get to tell you my crazy story. Can I, can I end this podcast? On yeah, this crazy sure, sure, story? sure, sure. Let's go. All right. So um, we didn't talk about where the Airbnb was. So it's like when uh, my told my one of my friends were coming down to Philly, he sent us a Google map, ima- me and Angie, a Google map image of Philly and circled an area. He's like, stay here. They'll stay in this purple section. Uh, I think we might have been like right next to that purple section or mm-hmm. in that purple section, mm-hmm. like right on the edge. I, I think uh, we're, we're right on the edge of the purple section. Yeah. And so uh, you you call me and you're like, hey, I don't know if you know where or if you Googled about where we're staying, but just like give us a call once you get here so we can help you unload the car. And like, thank God you did. Um, because I did not want to carry around half the equipment I was carrying around um, through the, those streets. Uh, but like the second to last night, uh, we, we got back late. We stayed till like, 10 11 at the convention center yeah came back and i couldn't find parking like on the block or on the street we were on so i found parking half a block away but like mike came with me and uh, so did maliha and so we park and i look across the street and there's a car with like a flat tire and it's uh side mirror just broken and i was like mm, 
that's been there a while. Uh, and I was like, okay. And so we just walked back. You know, nothing happened. Like everyone, like in the morning, everyone in that neighborhood was like friendly and whatnot. But like yeah. as I'm walking to that car in the morning, I take uh, to my car in the morning. I look across the street and look back at that car. And yes, there was a flat tire uh that i had seen at night yes there was that broken side view mirror what i hadn't seen that night was the bullet wound through the windshield oh my gosh and i was like i was like oh my god <laughs> i was like uh, i was like oh like things could have gone bad but thankfully <laughs> they didn't uh like the airbnb was super nice uh yeah so, airbnb yeah. was super nice and, yeah and honestly worth yeah. the risk for that price like, <laughs> compared to everything else <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. it, was, it was good times. Yeah, like I said, by all accounts, yeah. where we were was was fairly safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like most cities, though, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. Most cities, New York City, big cities like that, inner cities, stuff like that, don't don't walk around by yourself at night not paying attention, right? Yep. Um, just don't. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.